episode 64, Give and Take, original air date, 6th of October, 2016. Hello and welcome to Scottcast 64. This week I'm joined by Anthony. Hello. And Ian. Hello. We'll be reviewing the episode Give and Take after a quick synopsis read by Anthony. Again, this was provided on the Facebook group by Tony Young, uh, also known as Parallel Universe on the forums. When the crew come across a derelict ship, Lister's kidneys are stolen by a deranged medical droid. Lister must ask Cat, the most selfish creature in the universe, for one of his kidneys. Meanwhile, Crichton and Rimmer confuse a snack-dispensing droid for a top-of-the-line medical droid. Yeah, like I say, that was from Tony Young, who you can hear on the Mix radio show on 98.3 WRLR-FM, which is also available online if you're not in the area. I don't actually know what area it's in, so... Cool. Thank you very much. The first scene starts, and we see Rimmer in the corridor with the side scan, and he's arguing with the lift in shaft 14 um now having not watched this episode for a while i was like bloody hell this lift is busy um for, for only four people on 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 the crew yeah i remember thinking that on uh when it actually aired yeah um you know i, I thought oh great we're going this way where there's something that doesn't make sense just for the sake of a gag yeah, yeah. Rimmer falling out with yeah. but yeah i'm glad there's actually a genuine reason towards yeah, the end of this agreed. episode for it you know yeah, but it's kind of it's followed the same formula as Samosa, hasn't it? Samosa, <laughs> Samsara. <laughs> um, but obviously, I think this one feels a lot stronger than that one because we kind of set in that way now for the season. Um, yeah, I yeah. just thought it was a good scene because we got to see the Scudders back and we got a flashback to Rimessa in Miladio. So that would give it a thumbs up for me. Yeah, yeah. The next scene starts and. Pretty much what you're going to get throughout this entire episode is there were some great model shots, um, especially of this space station. After that, it then cuts away to a very hungover Lister, um, and he's laying on Arnie's bunk. The next scene starts, and another couple of great model shots. Um, I think it's a, a whole lot of CG on this, or, or is it models? I think a mixture of both, isn't I think it? Comp- yeah, combination they've done. Uh, they're doing now. Okay, because it looks absolutely gorgeous. Really does. Mm. I think that's a, it's been a recurring theme throughout this season, hasn't it? We've said that a few yeah, times now. Yeah, mm. yeah, very much. They're in the cockpit of Starbuck, and uh, Crichton says he's deleted some memories, um, just just useless memories, memories that he's not going to use. And uh, Rimmer speaks to him. He says, "Sorry, who are you?" <laughs> you know, I thought that was quite amusing. Um, I would, however, say the the continuing Captain Bollocks gag went on a little bit too much. <laughs> See, I, I really like the scene because I love the the switch between Crichton's behaviour. I think he plays that mm. really well. Like the the switch, kind of like make, it does make me laugh when he does that. Um, when you're making the situation ten times worse with his guilt. And yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, funny enough, the the Captain Bollocks gag was actually spoiled before the release of the episodes. Um, the official store was selling Captain Bollocks. Um, River really ah, t-shirts okay. um, yeah. obviously no one would have put two and two together but yeah they put the, the t-shirt out in the store before the actual episode there right okay. Absolutely. yeah yeah um, I know we spoke about on the last one we spoke about our favourite period reds off between season one and two three to six and so on um, but I yeah, want to yeah. ask you guys another what was your favourite set um, the bunk rooms or like the Starbug 
cockpit. Um, I've always found the cockpit scenes, the cockpit scenes, favour the entire cast a little bit more with the extra cockpit scenes sure, being yeah. one of the joys of of this season for me. Mm. Agreed. Now, see, I'm more uh, more for the bunk rooms. Um, I like the claustrophobic feel mm, it okay. gives to the show. I, I I love the idea, you know, the original concept of just a couple of guys. And uh, for me, it's the bunk room scenes that always sum that up. Just them two mulling things over and squabbling and, you know, trying to pass the time uh, while in the time away when they've got nowhere and to go, nothing to do. Yeah, fair enough. The next scene starts, and again, we've got some great external shots of this station. And the boys are in this uh, this factory, um, and, and to be fair, it's a lot nicer than it looked from the outside. Yeah, well, the, this is a location shoot at uh, Forley Power Station. Okay. Um, now, the location's been used in a couple of shows before. Um, it was used in Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Okay. Uh, there was a scene shot there from an episode of Green Wing, and uh, remember 1975's Rollerball? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the circular World Control Center building is Forley Power Station. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I think this 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 moves to it's. I think the owners are trying to get it demolished now. It's decommissioned and yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, they they're in the process of planning its destruction. Oh, pity. So on the station, the guys split into two groups. Cat and Lister go off in one direction, and Crichton and Rimmer in the other. Yeah. Well, they make a big point of Rimmer debating who he wants to go with. Yeah. And I don't want to go with you, and I don't want to go with you. And why is it nobody, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Rimmer always ends up going with Crichton anyway, don't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure the split is Rimmer, Crichton, Cat Lister. Always has been. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, like the atmosphere created with the lighting and the direction produced a, a really good cinematic experience on this. Yeah, and, um, I've got to give props to Howard Goodall again because yeah. the scores throughout this have been pretty amazing, to be honest with you. Yeah, Rimmer and Crichton they enter the Asclepius Suite, and um, Rimmer's like, I don't know why they call it that, and Crichton obviously knows, and he says it's the Greek god of medicine. Just really dismissively as well. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah, Greek God of Medicine. <laughs> just a shrug. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lister and Cat, on the other hand, they find a dead body. And the body has got a knife in him. Um, but using the side scan, they can tell that he killed himself with the knife because it's his DNA on the knife. However, there's... Yeah. Either, that, e- either that or his identical twin stabbed him in the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there is, however, a note... It switches back to Rimmer and Crichton, and they find a science bot. Yeah. Now, what what do you think of this design? Because uh, I, it, you know, as I'm watching yeah. it, it's very lost in the space or Robbie the robot. Absolutely, yeah. That's... Personally, I'd, it's a comedy show, not a serious sci-fi. Yeah. So I can, because I've seen people really hating on the bot, <laughs> right? and I love this robot. I love the design. It's a comedy show. What do you want? Uh, to be honest, I, yeah. I went straight with yourself to uh, Lost in Space. Yeah, yeah. Well, I personally think it looks looks stupid, but that's why you love it. Yeah, because okay. it is like stupid. Like it's not a modern looking robot. It's kind of like gone. Okay, well, we know robots aren't going to look like this in the future, but in the 80s, this is what they thought they were going to look like. So, I kind of like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, but it's got four buttons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I've, I've always thought this, like, when Red Dwarf tries to be current, I don't mm. think it works. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I think I think it's because when you watch the DVDs or the old episodes, like, the gags were from the 80s, so they were current then, but when they do current, when you're watching it live, I think it, it, it feels weird to me. Mm. So you, you like it when it references, like, old sci-fi like this? Yeah, yeah, like... If it references, so, so when like, so so when it references stuff like Blade Runner, yeah, you like that, yeah, yeah. No, that's rubbish. <laughs> yeah, we hate that. <laughs> no, because like I think stuff like that, like it's like classic sci-fi, and it's referencing that. When it references yeah. like modern day pop culture, I I just think it jars me a little bit, like like the FIFA gag. Yeah. Later on, yes, like okay. um, it, it, I don't know. It just feels like, uh, I, I can't put my finger on it, but it's just. Every, every culture reference is a twentieth century yeah. uh, culture reference, basically. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when when Rimmer f- introduces himself to Snacky, yeah. Snacky immediately recalls having served once with an old shipmate of his. Right. Yeah. Now, on my initial viewing, when I first watched it, I remember thinking, you know, well, that's that's just rubbish. What What was the point in that? Yeah. Yeah. Why would why would a snack dispenser keep such meaningless information? Uh, yeah. It's actually it's only on the rewatches since that I've thought actually that's really clever writing. Sure, you know yeah, one yeah. of the main plot points later on that comes up is that Snacky does in fact retain everything, you know he learns. Yeah. Um, and for me, this is really really clever. Hats off to Doug Naylor for this clever writing. Uh, the insertion of this one line just makes it clear that he keeps this information. Yes, yes, absolutely. Crichton then convinces the robot to come with them back to Red Dwarf, and he does it very easily. Of, do you want to come back with us? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he mentions about being there's no one sophisticated on aboard Red Dwarf, and I'm taking that includes the Series Ten Medibot. Yeah. <laughs> now, as you see in the back of the uh, the droid, it actually says on the back of it, "Snacky Automated Snack Dispenser." So they've obviously got the uh, the wrong person that they're looking for. Yeah, they're assuming it's actually the medical droid when it isn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Snacky, let's go on to the actor that played it. It's uh, voiced by Mark Quarterly. Okay. Um, I checked his IMDb, doesn't reveal much about him, uh, nothing I'm familiar with. Uh, he's apparently played uh, Dieter or Dieter Hasselhoff okay. in Hoff the Record and Paul Lermontov in Stanley's Lucky Man. Okay. Um, the body was played by another actor, Tobias Wilson. Uh, and again, you look down his IMDb, um, Seven Dorms of Death, The Sins of Dracula, and Future Justice were the three titles that jumped out at oh. me. And I don't think I've seen any of no, them. No, I don't think so either. The next scene starts, and you've got Lister and the cat, and they're reading the note that they found with the dead guy. Um, it says that the guy was a stasis booth engineer. And then as they're reading this, um, <laughs> the first thing that popped into my mind, so we've got this doctor who introduced himself, but he looked like Dead Mouse. <laughs> Did anybody else think that, or just me? What's Dead Mouse? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, think, I think this one's just on you, Darren. Um, obviously, it's not on Ant. <laughs> okay. So he's a DJ who wears a, a head mask of a mouse, and it looked similar? Oh, I should say that's first place my brain went I thought it was a comic book character <laughs> <laughs> no 
It's a very sinister dead mouse. If yeah, yeah, if you yeah. think it looks like <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he hits them both with the track dart and takes them out. Rimmer and Crichton then go looking for the boys. Um, and they find them in almost like an operating room. Uh, there's a bit of firing going backwards and forwards, and they manage to hit him with the bazookoids. Yeah. Now, uh, so, so we've been introduced to Asclepius, yeah. right? Now, um, I'm not sure about you guys, uh, but do you think a Medibot would be built to survive bazookoid ch- uh, blasts in the chest? Yeah, agreed. I thought that as well. I thought, hang on. <laughs> How good is that armor? I mean, you've seen polymorphs taken out with one shot. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, if he's supposed to be a medibot, he's one of the most terrifying medical bots I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Like, why would you design that face? Yeah, that's, that's I not mean, what he's you a want. perfect. He's a perfect antagonist. Like yeah. the design of him. Like, so what I think is that. Obviously, he's been in a derelict ship, so I think he's just started to upgrade himself throughout time. Maybe, okay. maybe, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's because I, I just can't picture any an original being made by the JMC to look like this, especially if it's supposed to be a medibot. I mean, you imagine going in for your tonsils out or something, and you that can walk mm. in, you'd be like, nope. Yeah. You'd be off. You know, you know when you take your kid, you know, little Laura's got to have her tonsils removed. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like, it, it's not just the way, it's the voice as well, like, like yeah. the, the Halloween voice. <laughs> Unless, like, nope. as you say, it's just deteriorated, deteriorated over time. Yeah. Well, if, we, if we're on about the voices, let's go into the uh, actors again. Okay. Um, Again, we've got different actors doing the voice work and the body work. Uh, Oliver Mason did the voice. And again, not a lot jumping out on me on his IMDb. Yeah. Uh, mostly video game voices, um, although he did once play a news agent in EastEnders. Okay. <laughs> right. uh, mm-hmm. The body was played by, I don't know if that's Jamie or Jamie. It's Jamie without the E on okay. the end. Uh, J- Jamie Reed Quarrel, anyway. Uh, now here we've actually got four Doctor Who appearances okay. in 2015. Um, he played a wraith in Hellbent, a Vale in Heaven Sent, and Colony Sarf or Colony Sarf okay. in both The Magician's Apprentice and The Witch's Familiar. Okay, cool. Yeah, so in the scene here when the when the uh, Crichton and Rimmer walk in, how come all of a sudden Rimmer just becomes like a badass with a bazooka? So I, because he's got a Crichton study. Well, of I saw yeah, that. I so mean, he, basically, <laughs> he manoeuvred Crichton in front of him, stuck the bazooka on his shoulder, and then just tucked away. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, "What?" And then I was like, "Actually, I don't really care. We got new bazookas, and he looked awesome." Yeah. So anyway, they they get the trolleys with the two lads on, and basically they leg it. Uh, there's lots of explosions, um, and they escape. Yeah. The uh, again. Visual effects, we've mentioned it earlier. Uh, the ex- explosion itself, the model of the space station, everything just really works well. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean, like, as you know, like any low-budget thing, when they try and do an explosion, if it's bad, it stands out so much. But yeah. these were like, really impressive. Like, the, the blending and the way they were composited together was really, really good. Yeah, agreed. The next scene starts, and Lister is in the medibay and is in bed. Crichton's bringing him some bad news, um, and he's saying that his kidneys have been removed. Yeah, I mean, 
the delivery from Crichton as well. It's uh, it's great comedy writing from Red Dwarf. It's, it plays up to the character of Crichton really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember, well, even now, you know, I, I watched the episode and when he says your kidney's been removed, yeah. I'm thinking, hang on, they were both laid on their backs, which means he must have removed it from the front. He's like a top surgeon. Keel surgery, he's the future. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know he's got an extra like arm thing off his back, so maybe maybe he's got some that come from below. Dread to think we'd have been through to us with you. Yeah. Anyway, they then introduce Snacky as a state-of-the-art medical bot, and I'm like, hang on, medical bot in the in the last scene he was a scientist bot, and I was like, mm. I think he's just a bot. Yeah, just an yeah. advanced bot. <laughs> yeah. Um, this suggests that Cat may give up a kidney and then Snacky can change the DNA in the kidney so it makes it fit uh, with Lister. The next scene starts and the cat comes in to visit. Now, this is... Is this the first time in the episode where we see Danny John Jules in a well-lit room? Yes. Yeah. Right, because he, he walks in and you... You know, I've... I've physically leant back from the screen like what the you know his hair and the makeup on his face looks absolutely dreadful so do you know when mm. when he played the tramp in uh, one of the polymorphs was it yeah it, it was pretty yeah. much like that hair that tied back he was just very frizzy wasn't it yeah it's, yeah. yeah it just looks like a wig that's been stored in a incorrectly and not been brushed up properly <laughs> yeah. before being put on maybe he was late that yeah day. Yeah, well, give and take was just the first episode of film through the entire 11 and 12 block. Um, so this made it the first time the cast have actually reprised their characters in front of a audience for over like four years. So mm. uh, maybe this had something to do with it. Maybe the makeup artist hadn't done any makeup for four years. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That would, that would make sense. Uh, mm. If I remember rightly as well, uh, I'm sure Dwarfcast uh, mentioned something about it. Mm. Um I don't know if it's this episode, another episode. I can't remember when I heard mm. it, what, uh, which episode it was for. Uh, it would make sense that it's this one, but apparently Danny insisted that his makeup looked like that. Okay, might have even mm. been, it might have even been the garbage podcast. I can't remember where yeah. or when I heard that, uh, but that's suddenly coming back to me that Danny insisted to you know to lay it on thick, as it were, with the, with regards to face makeup. But okay, Lister is trying to ask him a favour. Um, obviously he's going to try and ask the cat for a kidney. Uh, Crichton brings in his food and puts it all down and uh, the cat helps himself uh, to his food and also the vitamin boost, which I just thought, mm, a bit weird, but okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I love selfish cat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this reminds me of... Uh, this is the same cat from confidence and paranoia that wouldn't go and help collapse sure, Lister yeah, because yeah, it yeah. might interrupt his yeah. lunch. In fact, you know, earlier on, Ian, you mentioned, you know, your favourite uh, scenes, and I like the bunk room scenes. Yeah. You know, um, this the scene where Lister's ill, you know, and he goes, he, he takes his pillar off him, his blanket off him, and mm. when Rimmer walks in, he says, oh, you're awake, and Cat just totally, yeah, but I'll be asleep in a minute. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, uh, yeah. just reminded me of that and because it's the era I love I really really love this scene yeah you know? sure yeah. I mean do you not think it was a like a, a little touch over the top from I don't want to say Danny because I don't think it was Danny who was over the top I think it was it obviously being directed to be over the top 
Um, I know I, I get it. I do. He is selfish, but I just felt like it was a little, little drilled in a little bit much on this scene. I, I get what you mean. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think I think the character's developed, hasn't he, over the se- yeah. seasons, and they've actually gone back to an earlier form of cat this is how he would have been in series one yeah. and i think that's why i warmed to it so mm, much okay. yeah well we, we have the, we've had the conversation i think throughout um the whole span of red i think the rumor character has evolved ever so slightly so it's kind of kind of been of a natural progression but in season 11 i feel like lister and cat have like stepped back to like season four five six mm, characters okay without any blend like we've kind of got like the scally listed again and we've got like the really selfish cat again which are awesome but it's kind of just like come from nowhere again yeah sure yeah i'll, I'll admit i like i did laugh when he walked away with his food so maybe it's it's just us looking at it in a, a review type of way that made me think that yeah maybe the next scene starts and rimmer is now using snacky as the onboard shrink multi-talented this this snack dispenser i tell you <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. so anyway he goes through a lot of things discussing his family uh his past his parents and all the rest of it and rimmer self-diagnosis it's um I, I love the way they do this scene you know it's mm. uh the way it jumps it fades into the conversation out of the conversation you hear little snippets references to his dad not being his dad which is obviously from series yeah, 10 yeah um classic lines such as uh you know uh, against his mother and his dislike of his mother yeah. um and i love just the finishing one why did she get the green crayon yeah. and, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just it's poured everything out every single thing yeah you know. yeah no it was it was very cleverly done i liked it <clears throat> the next scene starts and lister and Crichton are talking and they've decided to hatch a plan so the cat sat there eating a feast and uh, Crichton goes in and lies to him and just says, listen, I've messed up. It's actually you that's got no kidneys and Lister has. Um, yeah, this is, see, I love, I love Limo Crichton. Yeah. He's always been one of my favourites and I love the gentle nod back um, to the Camille episode with, where he's trying to say banana and his stutter. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Limo Crichton's always been one of my favourites. Yeah. Um, Cat being the cat all of a sudden is very nice to Lister. And he really wants to help him out with the op because obviously that's what he'd do to him. <laughs> yeah. See, I just want to go on record here and say just ignore my statement about Cat overacting because he's on form here. He's Absolutely, really on form. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you say, Ant, like this is this is early cat. This is cat yeah. in his pink suit being a cat. Yeah, agreed. Um, so they then get him to sign the consent form, and then they drug him. But then I was thinking, how how much weight three million years in the future is one consent form going to have? <laughs> now, see, I th- when the, I thought you was referring to the actual um, consent form itself, a signature got under false pretenses. Yeah, yeah. So my comment is a signature is a signature. It's not their fault. He didn't read the small print. No, no, I, I agree with you, but let, let's be you, honest. You mean the actual legality? Who's going to stop them? Exactly, who's yeah. Gonna, who's going to take yeah. them to court? Yeah, they're not going to be ringing like some solicitors during Jezza, are they? <laughs> Being hurt in an accident? Well, I don't know. They've got telephone sales for the you know uh, automatic steering machine. Yeah, very true, yeah. Yeah. 
The next scene starts and Lister and Kat are on the same bed for some reason, top and toe. Uh, I just found it a little bit weird. <laughs> Why don't you? How no. awesome is Kat's dressing gown? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome, yeah. Yeah. At this point, um, Snacky decides to fess up and say, actually, I'm just a vending machine. Surely you should have said that before he even got onto the ship. <laughs> I, th- I think he's tried to, but it kind of like they didn't give him the opportunity. I know there was plenty of opportunities, but when he when they when they first meet him, he, he like tries to speak, and Crichton's like gushing over him. And then when he goes into here, everyone's like, "Can you do this? Can you do that?" And then when he meets Rimmer, Rimmer's yeah, just yeah. pouring his heart out to him, so he kind of doesn't get the chance to. Yeah, fair enough. The next scene starts, and Crichton explains the problem. Lister, at this point, wants to clone himself. And I was like, really? Yeah. Is that a thing? Um, then they decided um, that the engineer that had been working on the stasis booth, he'd actually made the stasis booth into a time machine. At this point, I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, this- we've seen it before. I mean, if it can accidentally turn into a time portal for him, then sure. an engineer can adapt one to a time machine. Mm, maybe. I mean, it's not as if they've never had time machines before either. Yeah. They've, they've had loads, they just don't bother with them. Yeah, okay. yeah. for someone who's trying to get back to Earth three million years ago in the past, I tell you what, a time machine's fall on his lap quite easily, don't they? <laughs> yeah, and he still never uses them right. <laughs> well, you think they'd just keep one. You know, that might come in handy one day. Let's just keep that in the yeah. cupboard, lock it away. Or scan it and work out how it works, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, so they decide that they're going to go back into the past and they're going to nick uh, younger Lister's kidneys. However, the way they're going to do this, and I think you touched on this earlier, Anthony, was Snacky overheard uh, the engineer doing everything, so he had everything stuck in his brain. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. This is again applause to Doug for just inserting that l- line earlier about Rimmer's former shipmate. It just, you know, that sows the seed of this idea of Snacky being more than just a vending machine. Yeah, yeah. The next scene starts and Snacky, the now stasis booth engineer, uh, turns it into a time machine. Yeah, see, I would have loved them on this scene to like really miscalculate the time travel here and like maybe bump into some of the crew in, in different times, like like recreate some of the older scenes and just have like them going oh, this is the wrong one and then going back and then trying again just popping your head through like stasis like a, booth yeah I think that could have been like an interesting concept to to explore yeah sure I know the reason I thought that is because every time someone mentions Young Lister I always just think back to the Omp song and that's Young Lister to me <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, they find Lister and they chloroform him and they steal his kidneys yeah, I must admit the the, the split screening was really good. You can very obviously good, yeah. if you really look, you can you can see where the arm of of Lister is, but it's really well on first take you wouldn't notice. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I yeah. Um, at this point, they then get back in the lift to avoid their previous selves, which completes the loop from the first scene. And again, I thought that was very very clever. Yeah, it just ties in well, don't yeah. it? Mm. Anyway, speaking of that lift, uh, I suppose I better mention the last guest appearance. It's uh, the voice of the lift is provided by Daniel Barker. Okay. Um, he did the voice of Silly Sausage on the Jonathan Ross show, apparently, mm-hmm. and okay. the 
Talking Bear on Richard Hammond's Secret Service, apparently. Okay. Uh, he's credited for some additional voices on Minions. Okay. Uh, but uh, interestingly, he's done uh, uncredited voice work on Twentica, uh, as well as doing voice work on the next three episodes of Red Dwarf okay. to come. Um, so this season, he he's actually uh, his voice has appeared in five out of six of the episodes. Right. Okay. So we could potentially be looking at the new Tony Hawks. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. Well, as long as he's not the new Tony Slattery, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they then drop Lister back on Arnie's bunk and they kind of stage the bunk room, so alcohol everywhere, uh, which again ties right back to uh, Lister having the hangover in the first place. Yeah, which you never battered an eyelid at earlier. Yeah. But then suddenly it's like, mm. ah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know the theory I hold about Pre being the self-sacrificing hero of the story sure, yeah. rather than the villain? All right. Well, there's a similar theory about Asclepius, um, which I first heard from Joe Sharples on the Dwarfcast. Now, I don't know if this is her theory uh, or whether it's one she'd heard about from fandom. I think it's from fandom in general, but I might be wrong okay. there. All right. We know that Lister now... In hindsight, we know that Lister, at the moment he meets Asclepius, has no kidneys. Yes. Right. Now, what if Asclepius did a scan, detected that he's missing his kidneys, and was genuinely trying to help? You know, uh, mm. I've got here, maybe he'd already removed the cat's kidneys and cloned them into that jar and then returned the originals. Or, oh, interesting. Or maybe grew them or you something. Know, may, yeah. Maybe there was some he'd had on stock or, yeah. Uh, so Rimmer comes in, starts blasting for no reason. You know, uh, the only mystery to all that is why Lister's kidneys were missing in the first place. Although we know it's because the future selves came. And yeah, took yeah. It. Basically, <laughs> we've got one of those paradoxes yeah. here. But yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Thing. Yeah, it, it, see, it, it does get a bit confusing here, and but it's kind of silly sci-fi that made Red Dwarf quite famous. Yeah. So we've said it in the pact in, in the packs. We've said it in the past that you just embrace the paradox. Yes. And I'm bringing it back. Like, but is this a paradox, or are we just kind of missing something here? Because like, yeah. th- that, the fandom are saying, well, where did the original kidneys come from? Now, now you see, I, I believe in time branching off. So. Uh, parallel universes and we know that parallel universes exist in Red Dwarf Uh, if a decision had gone another way every action has an opposite reaction different time splits different parallel universes all over the place so it's kind of like the the Terminator timeline type of thing yeah one thing changes they change the past they create an alternative universe there's an event happened somewhere that caused Lister to lose his kidneys yeah and they went back in time. The moment they went back in time, it caused a split, a branch. And that's yeah. what we're watching. So Lister's kidneys are, in effect, Kyle Reese. <laughs> yeah. Don't Does that make sense? <laughs> you, know, you know how you guys have finished work and, you know, it's round about tea time. Yeah. Right. You know how I work nights? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've literally not long got up. <laughs> it's too it's too early for this. Okay, okay. It's too early for this Star Trek crap. Yeah, okay, but it still begs the question then, was Asclepius evil? Even knew if Asclepius knew Lister had no kidneys, then why do we see him stitching Lister up a bit earlier? I just think he's a little bit eccentric. 
Yeah. Right. He, he, for all we know, he's just repaired his uh, missing appendix. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Just at this moment, I'm like completely unaware of of his intentions. What they were? Were he were he good? Was he bad? He's he's just replaced his appendix. That's why they're all mm-hmm. laid on the back. He's done that to the front, mm-hmm. right? And he's getting ready to do the uh, the kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> that <Okay>. works. <laughs> okay. But uh, but. To be honest with you, I think this is when Red Dwarf's at the strongest, when it, when the fandom are come up with different suggestions and everyone's coming up with different ideas. Yeah. I think that's when the fandom comes together and it's, when it's really strong. Um, for me, the, the tongue-tied wiki summed it up quite well, so I'm going to read a paragraph off the, off, the, off the website there and that kind of puts things in a simple, dim, simple way. Okay. okay. So the presence in the jar has been the subject of much of the fan debate, as they could not, in fact, be listed as Crichton has already stolen them from the past list at this time, something which was later confirmed by Doug Naylor. This has led to much speculation to their origins. Some feel that Aspilius really was trying to save Lister by creating or finding new kidneys, while the others feel they were just there on display, especially since they seem to be suspended in for Malahide. Hopefully I said that right at the end. For Malahide, yeah. So... From Malahide, from Malahide. I don't know why I'm saying it's really high pitched. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so they're basically just saying, echoing what we've said. So there's kind of two views at the, the fandom at the moment. Is that um, Aspilius is really trying to save Lister, and the other one being, we have got no idea where the kidneys come from, basically. Sure. Um, okay. so it is, like, I, I thought of, a, of, of, of an idea of the, the engineer, the lift engineer who killed himself. Maybe they're his kidneys that. Aspilius has took and has just kept them. Yeah, good point. Because they're in for Malahad, so unless he's kept them there for... You how long are the lads with him for? Uh, not long, is it? Because uh, Crichton, mm. and, Crichton and Rimmer turn up not too long after. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's kind so, of one of things. Like, it could be either or, to be honest with you. Um, I think I favoured the argument that Aspilius did scan... Lister and seeing that he had no no kidneys and tried to do something. Hmm, interesting. The final scene starts and you have Rimmer in the lift. Snacky, the now engineer, has installed a nuclear counterbalance in the lift and the lift gets revenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. It's it's an abrupt ending. Yeah. Uh, but in my opinion it works. It you know, it just Ties it up nicely. Everything mm. in this episode has all flowed in and come full circle, and it just works. It's abrupt, but it works fantastic. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And we've got to question now: Are we going to see Snacky in future? Yeah, so that's what I thought. Uh, and let, mm. Or is it going to be some reference that he? I don't, I don't know. He, He's has <laughs> got ship, off to become yeah. a personal trainer or something. <laughs> something else we see. <laughs> what they'll probably do is leave it for a full season, yeah. and then return, but with a different actor portraying Snacky. Uh, maybe a, maybe a fast scrolling script to explain how they came across his uh, body in pieces from a space bike accident. Uh, they've never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> cool well that's the episode review done next the scores um okay so i really enjoyed this episode i thought the first half was possibly one of the best looking uh, red dwarf episodes we've seen so far there were a lot of model shots they were yeah. well thought out and they looked absolutely gorgeous um i think the story flowed really well 
I do, however, think Snacky was a little overused. He, it was almost like the uh, sonic screwdriver from uh, Doctor Who. It's just this thing that does everything. Mm. Uh, apart from that, though, uh, not bad at all. Uh, I give this a good 8 out of 10. Uh, Anthony? Mm. See, I've, I've gone for a full 10. Okay. It's been a long while since I've loved an episode. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm now thinking, I'm saying it's been a long while. Uh, I might have given the end 10 out of 10, in which case it's probably not as long as I thought. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's been a while since I've enjoyed an episode as much as this one. Yeah. Everything comes together. Uh, I don't think there's a single wasted scene. Everything's there for a reason. Yeah. Everything yeah. comes full circle. Uh, I disagree about the overuse of Snacky. I think he's a vital plot point. Mm. Um but yeah, it's up there with my favourite episodes and season 11 can only go downhill from here. Uh, so 10 out of 10 for cool. me. And Ian? Yeah, um, for me, um, I think this episode focuses more on the sci-fi side of Red Dwarf rather than the comedy side, which is not a bad thing. I think the snacky, down, the snacky design was a, a real throwback and it reminded me mm. of like like the things that you said, but it also reminded me of like a Doctor Who, like this entire episode kind of had the wibbly-wobbly time yeah, type of sure. thing going on with it. Um, but for me, I think the most important part was this episode felt fresh. It felt really original. Yeah, like yeah. We've mentioned in most recent episodes that it feels like a good homage to episode X, episode Y. It feels like it's got a season six vibe to it. Yeah, this sure. felt original. It felt really fresh. And next thing I knew, the episode had finished, which is a really good thing. Um I think Asperius looked absolutely terrifying, but you yes, get extra points agreed. for return of scutters and bazookoids. So I'm going eight out of ten. Fantastic. Uh, so let's see, eight, eight, ten. That's eight and a half, eight point six. Should we round it up to nine? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's two. There's two that's gone for it. Yeah. Yeah. Round up to <laughs> nine. Um, so nine out of ten. A very high scoring show. Hmm. I think yeah. I think you tend to when new episodes come out, you tend to overscore them a little bit. I think, and especially that's what we've done in the past. Yeah. But I think this one is a really strong episode, and yeah. a lot of the fandom are saying that as well. Yeah, agreed. Cool. Next section's what's going down in Grove Town. All right, dudes. What's going down in Grove Town then? Um, Anthony, over to you. Yeah, um, again, now we're not releasing to a schedule. I'm not actually sure how relevant this segment of the show is anymore. Uh, looking at the some of the recent news from uh, the Red Dwarf, Red Dwarf world, uh, we've just had um, Red Nose Day. Sure, yeah. And Red Dwarf actually donated a 3D-printed exact replica of Starbuck. Oh, fantastic. Uh, this, it, was, it was the model that was used in the Twentica crash. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, not the actual model, a 3D-printed replica yeah, okay. of that model. Um yeah, they couldn't donate the original as it was blew up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's as close as you can get to the original. Um, it was signed by all the key cast members, and I was just out of curiosity, I thought, I wonder what the actual final price was on that. Yeah. Uh, final price on the website um, was £4,383. That's not bad at all, is it? Um, no. But yeah, that was not bad at all. Well, we say that, I wouldn't spend that on it, but yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, no, it would make an awesome centrepiece, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, next section, Parrot's Bar. Welcome to the Parrot's Bar, the place you can drink a curry-flavoured tequila slammer that burns on the way in and 
on the way out? Uh, for me, I, I mean, it's been what four weeks since we've recorded, ish. Three, yeah. I think. And I yeah. think, three weeks, yeah. I think I've had another two calls since. Um, working in a massive <laughs> open plan office is ridiculous, and I, I've got the feeling that I'm about to get another cold. It's just ridiculous, man. <laughs> um, you I've have been, to go with one of them face masks on. I, to be honest, I, 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 joking aside, I, I did actually price up a hazmat suit. <laughs> you can pick them up for about 30 quid on Amazon, and I was just going to sit there in one and just say, nope. <laughs> He's going in just well, like I've, Walter White. Yes. I've listened to your uh, other podcast. Uh, I listened to your other yeah. podcast, started listening to that, and literally every episode it's. I know, yeah, it's ridiculous. Cold. <laughs> right. uh, but you talk about the office you work at where there's one set of doors yeah. that so many hundred people use. You know, with this push plate yeah, to exactly. open it, and it's like, yeah, you you need to, you certainly need to walk around with uh, some alcoholic angel, alcoholic, alcohol and based <laughs> angel. Honest, just I've, to, I've got that in my draw, and whenever I go anywhere where I've touched anything, I, I use that, and still I'm coming down with the cold. But I don't know, I'll find a way around it. Uh, stop, stop work, stop working with dirty people. That's more <laughs> like it. I think it's just old age now, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I can't say no. no, no I'm, I, I know you still consider me the kid out of the bunch. Well, I'm actually thirty now. Well, in a couple of weeks, two weeks. Yeah, I just think when we start going back <laughs> doing this, I, I was in my early thirties. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> He's still in his twenties now. I know. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Uh, let's see, uh, last week, week before, I, I went and had a minor op, which was uh, interesting. First operation I've ever had in my life. Um, mm. But that was interesting. Um, He's well, now a woman. You- <laughs> 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 I'm now Darreen. <laughs> you, you know when you put that on the uh, on the email about the uh, yeah. recording tonight, Amanda said, oh, saw your email from Darren, what, what's up with him? I said, I don't know. Oh, and I'm the asked. I says, no, he's got it in the parrot section. I will talk about it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was nothing much. It was just, um, I don't know if, uh, Anthony, you'll probably get this, the young kid one. Um, uh, <laughs> as you get older, uh, you get these like little fatty lumps under your skin. Uh, they're called uh, lipomas, uh, lymphomas, whatever they are. <laughs> my my skin is fatty lumps all over. <laughs> yeah, but basically, these, these are like little bits of gristle, and I had one that had been uh, rubbing on on my rib. And with uh, doing the tough mudder stuff uh, and working out for that, mm. I'd, I'd lost like a load of weight around my ribs, so this thing was just rubbing. Um, so I got on the uh, the private healthcare, and, and within about two weeks, they just whipped the bloody thing out. I was like, that's all right. Have you cancelled your private healthcare now, straight away? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you've had a claim, that's it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, went up to the uh, private booper place. How, how how many ops are you up to on this private health gear? Because you mentioned this a few podcasts ago on your other cast, uh, right? And yeah. uh, it, it, like with anything, we try something once and you've become quite addicted. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just wondering what, what we're going for next. <laughs> Yeah, just thought, oh my! I'll get I'll get this done whilst I'm here. You like my mum with a plastic surgery? Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> just going for a nip and a tuck. Uh, yeah, I'm going to that. Literally, yeah. <laughs> she goes more for a fold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds pleasant. Uh, 
Anyway, changing the subject, uh, I've also just recently upgraded the man cave as well. Um, uh, I had all the tech in there before, um, but I was seeing screenshots of some of these uh, these PS4 Pro games, um, like Horizon Zero Dawn and things, and they just looked mm-hmm. absolutely stunning in HDR, 4K, and I was like, I can't justify upgrading just, just for one game. And then I saw more and more of these screenshots, I'm like... Go on, Ten minutes later, he's ordered four. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so I upgraded the PS4 to a PS4 Pro. Uh, I think when we last recorded, I had five Xboxes because I'd just upgraded one of them, uh, which I, I'm now mm-hmm. back down to four, so I'm back down to normal. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact like you've got this, this this rotor, like when you get a four, you upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I did that and upgraded the TV to a nice 4K HDR TV for the man cave and upgraded the amp so it's a nice amp, a amp in there uh, and I have to say those games look bloody amazing uh, but yeah yeah. so just uh, finding ways to pay that off uh, <laughs> I'll be doing more operations I think <laughs> yeah. I think Christine went for an operation when she's seen the bill <laughs> Well, it's all right because um, because it comes out. Your, it's private medical and it comes out of work. So I, I've only had to pay hundred quid excess. Uh, I think it was about three grand was the total bill. So not bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about yourself, Anthony? Uh, to be fair, there's not a lot gone off since last time we spoke. Yeah. Um, it's mainly been net, Netflix viewing. Sure. Okay. Uh, I thought I'd just go over some of the things we've doing. I've been watching. Mm. Um, recently uh so obviously iron fist has been released yeah i've finished that uh, this weekend. since we last spoke yeah yeah it's one of those it's um it's not as bad as summer state in it it's not great either i found it enjoyable enough mm. it was it was of the four netflix marvel characters it's my least favorite but it's still enjoyable enough i, I liked it for what it so was so i <laughs> i talked about this on the on the last cast that i did i thought this is the first one where the lead has just been a sub-character, uh, where Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Daredevil are all very much main characters, where the, there's an entire world happening around this guy. And I, I mm. for me, the world around him was a lot more interesting than him himself. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to go into spoilers. Yeah, yeah. The thing that ruined it for me is there's certain characters who... Right, um, right. They're obviously bad guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're trying to they're trying to kill Iron Fist, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're now good guys, and they weren't so evil after yeah. all. And you yeah. know, and I'm scratching my head at some of the choices for forgiving this character and that character and the other character, and uh, and yeah, I, 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 it's not as if they're blurring the lines and having shades of grey. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're doing out-and-out evil things, and then it's as if they suddenly decide, actually, no, this character isn't a bad character, this one isn't a villain. And, yeah, that was the only thing with it that jarred. You know, I'm thinking, oh, you're quite buddy with uh, that person now. And two episodes ago, uh, he sent Hitman after you. You Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think, think, uh, whether it's like Netflix or cinema, I think it's suffering from a real bout of, like, superhero fatigue at the moment. I think it's too much of it at the moment. Especially yeah. for me, anyway. Like every blockbuster now, it, it's got to have a cinematic universe. It's got to have a superhero. It's got to have a comic. And I think I'm just looking forward to it to all back die down again to get excited mm, about them again. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
no, I think I think they can still be exciting. It's just where they're coming from, where which style they've gone for. Now, yeah. I'm not so fussed and never have been so fussed on um, stuff which bases itself on kung fu and um, you know Japanese or Chinese or you know some uh, Oriental uh, based mysticism. You know, it's. Yeah. It's never been a, a huge thing for me. Um, you know, if it hasn't got Bruce Lee in it, I'm not that bothered, you know. Sure. Um, what else have I been watching? Uh, one of the things I do, now I'm back on to working nights again, um, I get to take my daughter, youngest daughter, to school. So um, we'll I come in from work as she gets up and we'll sit and watch half hour, while she's eating her breakfast, we'll sit and watch half hour of something on Netflix um, we've been working his way through, through some of the anime shows. Um, so uh, one of the shows I can really recommend, all of these are Japanese language subtitled. Um, if you don't like subtitles, it's not it's not for you. If you don't, don't mind subtitles, I really, really recommend a show called Ajin, uh, A-J-I-N. Um, it's all of them, obviously, anime car- uh, cartoons, Um the Ajin are a subspecies of humans who can't die, who are hunted by the government. Um, now, the Ajin don't realise they are Ajin until they return from the dead. And uh, so uh, uh, they also have another ability. They're able to call up um, like a shadow entity to fight on their behalf, but just for a limited time. Uh, uh, they call these IBMs, Invisible Black Matter uh, Entities. And... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, basically, the show's all about the government's ill-treatment of the Ajin. Uh, there's an Ajin anti-human terrorist group, and uh, the main character just gets roped into it all through circumstance. And, yeah, really, really, I, I really enjoyed it. Really good. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of the other shows I've been watching is uh, Cowboy Bebop, which you might already be familiar with it's uh, it's one of the more famous ones but it's first time i've actually sat down and watched it and i'm really surprised at how um it reminds me of firefly in its universe building and the establishing of its crew you know it takes a good five or six episodes i think it is before you get the full four members of the cowboy bebop team together and uh, basically they've space cowboys or bounty hunters it's light-hearted comedic show Uh, but it also goes into dark places at times and goes very serious Uh, all the characters have got a history and i've really really enjoyed it although i would recommend once once you get all um four main characters together if you plan to watch the movie i would watch the movie before you watch the last few episodes because um, it's set before the actual end of the show, the movie was. Uh, but yeah, I've really, really loved that. And uh, the last one, the one that we're currently watching, is uh, Tokyo Ghoul, um, and it's it's very similar to Ajin. You've you've got these ghouls, which are human type beings. Um, they basically hu- look like humans, but they have these abilities and they can transform themselves. But they have to eat human flesh to survive. They can't eat any other kind of food. Um, now our hero uh, I've been watching too much of your podcast I've wrote here our hero due to things finds himself <laughs> becoming um, a part human part ghoul hybrid 
Um, this yeah, this stuff goes off, and he basically finds himself stuck, trapped in both worlds, neither one nor the other. Uh, and that's when he discovers that actually not all ghouls are evil. Uh, there's more to it than that, and um, there's two sides to every story. And yeah, it's really, really enjoying it. You know, it's 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 so far so so good so far. Really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It's kind mm. of become like a, a a thing now with anime. If you've got a good and an evil, like our protagonist has always got to be a hybrid of both. Yeah. It's kind of now, very popular I'm trying at the moment. To, I'm trying to power through it because uh, Netflix are doing a live action Death Note and the Death Note anime is on Netflix. So I want to power through this and get to Death Note because I want to familiarise myself with it before the live action gets uh, made. Well, have you not seen the live action Death Note films that were no, released? No, I'd, I literally know very little about it. I know it's to do. I, I've I've seen the character, you know, the white face yeah. character, um, and I know it's something to do with a book where you write the name in the book and that person dies. That's all I know about it. Yeah, they're very good to watch. So I, I would I recommend give them a watch as well if you get time. This week's podcast of the week is Checkpoint Done. Thank you very much, Anthony. So, Checkpoint Done podcast. Um, this is your, I've said your new podcast, but it's actually been running since 2015. It has, yeah. Back end of 2015. <laughs> yeah. um, basically, I first heard about this from your co-host, Terry, who is your cousin, is, if yeah. I remember yeah. rightly. All right, now, I met him on your birthday bash towards the end of 2015. That's right, yeah. And um, it told me then about, you were doing this new podcast uh because i've been moved on to days mm. uh at work i was struggling to keep up with podcasts didn't get around to subscribing uh it wasn't high on my list of urgency because i thought it was just a gaming podcast sure, and yeah. not being a gamer i thought you know <laughs> there were other priorities yeah i understand yeah. right just that yeah, host, isn't it yeah well now i'm back onto permanent nights yeah. i caught up with fine you know i end up with a huge backlog because i've been you know for best just over a year i've been on days again yeah. all right finally got everything caught up and thought oh i know darren's podcast i'll give it a listen all right uh firstly i've got to say how weird it is hearing your uh co-host podcasting with somebody else <laughs> i didn't right. see you comment <laughs> on night i was like oh that's pretty funny <laughs> Yeah, it, it does. It feels like you're cheating on his own. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> it, it, honestly, I know how a, how a cheated spouse feels. Uh, <laughs> but um, you, I'm but actually no, surprised that you've not done a, another podcast to be honest with you, Rand. I have so many plans and ideas mm. and all the rest of it. I, 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 I think I'm close to doing it. Now I've mm. sorted out this recording side for me. I've relied on my technology's not been there, has it? Let's face yeah. it. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> right, now I can I can get by with this pff, Apple. Get some microphone into an Apple. <laughs> yeah. anyway, anyway, back to the uh, back to the podcast. It's Checkpoint Done podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't just games. You do your gaming section at the start. You go on to films. You go on to TV. What you've been watching. You go on to comic books, and you also cover audio books. Uh, and yeah, I, I couldn't help listening to it, even if I wasn't already, um, even if I didn't already know you through podcasting and what have you, uh, I'd have been in touch via the Facebook group with my suggestions, 
you know, uh, which I'm, I'm so glad you've jumped straight into those, by the way. To, to be fair, we do have them on the backlog. We get a lot of suggestions. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, you've got other listeners? We have, yeah. There's, it's a whole yeah. five people. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Darren. I, d- I did enjoy it. It's, uh, it was, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to, and I'm glad I've now actually got time. Um, didn't take me long to get caught up and... So, yeah, that's my recommendation. You can listen to more from Darren on www.checkpointdone.com. Cool. Thank you very much, Anthony. Well, that's it for this episode. If you want to send us an email, it's scuttercast at reddwarfforum.com. If you want to find us on Twitter, it's at reddwarfforum. If you want to come find us on Facebook, it's if you search on Facebook for scuttercast. And if you want to come visit us on the forum, where you can find all the other episodes, it's reddwarfforum.com. So until the next episode, goodbye. Bye. Yep, see you.